Hello and welcome to the second episode of Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast. We're not just another gaming podcast. Uh, we're three women uh, who are currently living in uh, and gaming in, in wonderful Indiana um, who talk, blog, and live uh, video games from a feminist standpoint. Um, so what I'd like to do is, of course, take our time to uh, introduce ourselves and tell us a bit about ourselves for those of us who were not around for the inaugural episode. Um, and we'll start with uh, Alex. Hi, my name is Alex. I'm a PhD student at Purdue University who studies games. I also am a voice actor for Live Links. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, okay. Is that it, Alex? Yeah, that was enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, I am Sarah White, and I teach at Purdue North Central, about, what, two hours to the north of you all. And I teach composition and creative writing, and I also have an interest in video game analysis, and I'm teaching a course in video game culture, writing, and gaming this semester. So, that's me. And I am Samantha Blackman, and I teach at Purdue in the wonderful West Lafayette. Um, my interests uh, lie in not only uh, how video games can work in education, but also rhetorical reads of identity and identity politics in video games. Um, and I'm probably the the person in the group that's been gaming longest, which also means I'm the <laughs> oldest person in the group. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get started. Um, let's start the fun part with what you've been playing. So let's start with you, Sarah. What you've been playing this week? You said you've been playing lots of new stuff. Yes. Well, this week, with the aid of one of my fair pupils, I have been playing... Um, Gears of War, the limited edition, Gears of War 2, and um, experiencing all of that bloody joy. Um, and, uh, I also, because of our snow, felt it was appropriate to play uh, Alan Wake. So sure. I've been kind of slogging my way through that. And of course, as um, Alex's blog pointed to this week, I've also been playing Bejeweled Blitz on Facebook um, to kind of you know, chill out at night. So really that's been the extent of my gaming this week. Uh, anyway, so Alex, what about you? It's so funny that you say you play Bejeweled Blitz to <laughs> chill out at night. Well, I do. I've been doing the same thing. Yeah. But it's funny because it keeps me awake so much oh. longer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because you get so addicted and you're like, oh, just one more level, one more this. Oh, I got to 350,000. I want to get to 400, you know. Um it's one of those games that I can like lay back with one eye closed and still mm. kind of click on my laptop with my one hand. <laughs> so, but yeah, I've been playing Bejeweled 3. My blog indicated uh, pretty obsessively, if I, I'm embarrassed to say this, but if I look at my Steam uh, log, it says that the last game I played was 11 hours of Bejeweled Blitz. So, uh, <laughs> Sorry, schoolwork. But to be fair, we were snowed in for two days. So Yeah, there was a blizzard. I, right, I feel justified in that. Um, and let's see, what else did I play? I played Epic Mickey. Thanks, Sam, uh, for that. 
I did some of that today. And then I feel like there was something else I was playing. No, that must have been it. Just uh, a lot of Bejeweled Blitz and some Epic Mickey this week. Epic. Cool. Epic. <clears throat> well, I played Epic Mickey this week. <laughs> um, and I, I guess we'll get a chance to, to talk about that in a little bit. Um, I also played um, Bejeweled 3. Um, why? Because Alex has drawn us all into the madness. Um, <laughs> I've, I've played numerous iterations of Bejeweled um, in the past. And I don't understand how Sarah plays it to calm down at night either. Because I find <laughs> that if I, if I play Bejeweled before it's time to go to bed... When I when I lay down and close my eyes, I see the I see the jewel patterns. And I was in the bathroom today, and they had like tiles. And literally, I was I was sitting there. This is at Gray House. I was sitting there in in the going to the bathroom, looking and moving the tiles with my eyes. Like, oh, that one could go over here, and then that would turn it into a lightning jewel. Okay. And, and then I was like, I need issue. help. Yeah, yeah, I need help. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those quote unquote casual games that uh, <clears throat> suck you in. That's and, right. And uh, so, in case you know anybody listening hasn't read, um, Alex has this great post about the Jewel Three and casual games on on the blog this week. Um, and so, uh, I think that's about all I've been playing. So before, we, so before I kind of move on and totally forget and have to come back to anything else I've been playing, <laughs> those are two big things I've been playing this week. Um, and and I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, this is a great way to segue, right? Um, Alex's conversation about casual games and Bejeweled. Um, yeah, like I said, Bejeweled sucks me in completely, um, which is why I try to avoid it as much as possible because I will lose huge chunks of time playing Bejeweled 3. Um, and, but this time I didn't lose too much time because I didn't buy the game. I just downloaded the demo, which PopCap Games only gives you 30, excuse me, 60 minutes if you, if you download the demo. Um, so I downloaded the demo. Um, and go, went ahead and fired it up and said, okay, I'm going to play this game. And, uh, and the, the hardcore gamer in me <laughs> was ashamed to click on the play the endless version. Cause I was like, why would I play the endless version? It doesn't give me anything to do except <laughs> click. So I went That's for right. the quests because the adventure gamer in me said, well, if there are quests, clearly it must be a real game. So I went for the quests. And you had to to do certain things like, you know, make X number of poker hands and get 3,000 points. Um, So you made poker hands with the jewels. Um, And then there was, you know, uncover the uncover the buried treasure and all these other um, quests that you could do uh, with the with the map and actually it's pretty impressive because that was kind of well done I actually enjoyed that and I might be suckered into buying that um, it's like 20 bucks on steam right now but I might be suckered yep. into buying it um, so I ended up playing a full just without without stopping that's not unusual for me but 60 straight minutes until it cut me <laughs> off of Bejeweled 3 just doing the quest and I was up and this was I had started it at like 3 o'clock in the morning I'm like I'm just going to play a few minutes oh, so no. I could see you know what all the hype is about from Alex and of course I didn't stop until it cut me off and then I contemplated buying it then and there so I could were you like no yeah pretty much I was I was like because it stopped right it stopped and then it just shut down and and I was like, oh, it crashed. And then I was like, oh, I didn't buy it. Um, <laughs> That's funny. So I've been contemplating, you know, 
kicking out my uh, 20 bucks to PopCap games um, so that I can play some more of the questy modes of, of Bejeweled Theory. It is pretty fun. I think they did a good job of giving it a little bit more depth than their classic mode. And But to be honest, what I've been playing over and over is the classic mode. I did, I did one round of quests, but I wanna, I'm like only allowing myself to do a little bit, like maybe like one quest line per week. Otherwise, I'm afraid I'm going to run out too quickly. Because um, I tend to blow through games maniacally. Uh, but it was funny, after I had uh, posted my blog, a friend of mine, who I won't call out, but a friend of mine said, oh, I was really excited to see that you had a post on Hardcore Games, but then I saw you talked about Bejeweled, and I was like, Hardcore Gaming and Bejeweled? And he goes, so I skipped it, <laughs> so he didn't read it. <laughs> and I was like, nice. that's so, that's so, he's, he's going to go back and read it, but that's so fit in line with what I talked about, which is real hardcore gamers just don't even see things like Bejeweled pop up on their radar, you know? Yeah. They just assume it's going to be a kid's game, that it's going to be you know, really easy, but it's not. It's not, and I think it's fun, so whatever. You know, and, and I have to admit that, you know, like Alex, I'm, I, I will... I will say my iPhone has made me more of a casual gamer than I've ever been before. Sure. Because my gaming time has been so precious lately that... I, I want to play, you know, the hardcore games. I want to play the big ticket games uh, when I get the chance. Because when I get that time to sit down in front of the console and play, I want to sit down in front of the console and play. Um, mm -hmm. And even, and I have to admit, I do play Bejeweled on the console as well, on Xbox Live. Um, right. But oddly, you know, my phone, it gives me everything right in my hand so I can play at any time. So I find myself playing stuff like Diner Dash and um cooking mama sucked on the iphone um yeah but diner dash and like sally spa and when the horrible thing about those games is that yeah i guess they're supposed to be girl games because because they are those time management games so they make them stuff, mm -hmm. stuff like sally spa or they give you a kitchen to run or you know give me something else to do that's not quite so girly um yeah, which is you know I mean when you think about it is 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 the assumption there that only women are going to play these games, and time management mm -hmm. games aren't that right. <clears throat> yeah, that's a good point. It's, you see, it, it's weird when you have the different like I'm trying to categorize the different games phone, and you have the time management games. All of them that I can think of are are aimed at at women and girls. Like the main character, Cooking Mama, obviously the main character, and that's a, a woman. And Diner Dash, the main character is like the protagonist is a woman. But then you have some like uh, I can't think of the I, well. There's like a there's like a farm bill for the iPhone, but all of those are sort of I don't know how you would classify those. But those are definitely just androgynous, not aimed specifically at one or the other. I think right because there's there's no actual character. Well, yes, yeah. there is. The one you build in Farmville and Cityville and whatever. Well, like, 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 phone yet. Yeah, it becomes like a we, me. I mean, we talked about that today, or um, well, last time we were allowed to have class without the blizzard. Um, we <laughs> talked about um, identity and video games and that kind of online space and how much control we can have over our, our identities. And how often, we called it digital drag. We called it, we, we wondered how often people will kind of uh, 
cloak, I guess we could say, cloak themselves in digital drag and, and, and switch genders. I, I know a lot of guys who play um, Cafe World, um, oh. guys who are like ex-Marines. I mean, they're not like, you know, the, the stereotypical, you know, not, you know, they're, they're the guys that are supposed to be so masculine and, and they play these games. So I guess with Alex's question about hardcore, I mean, I'm, what is hardcore? <laughs> what is a game? What is a gamer allowed to be in gamer culture? You know, yeah. right? Absolutely. I think it's a good question that people who consider themselves hardcore gamers don't really think about. Like they just sort of take it for granted that you're not a hardcore player if you play on the Wii. But that, I mean, that it's it's that's that's bullshit, right? I mean, there's yeah. absolutely nothing I found about a definition of hardcore gamer that that discounts any system any type of game um like i said in the post it was being able to master the game spending a majority of your time with the game or spending time in the community around the gamings Mm -hmm. uh, around the different games but it wasn't saying like if your console is only six inches instead of eight inches you don't get to be a hardcore gamer right (laughs) (laughs) right exactly or if you're on a ds you're not a hardcore gamer i think it's just it's it's something that maybe got got started maybe with back with the Game Boys or something. I don't know. I was going to say, yeah. I, no, I think it started before then. I mean, Nintendo has always been the the console of children, right? Because mm-hmm. they were never hardcore games. They were always family-type games and platformers. They were always fairly safe. If you think about it, you know, what was always the what was always the big IP on, on, on Nintendo systems it was always Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mario but I, I, I don't know. I don't see Mario as much as a kid's game. I guess that's sort of misleading since I played it a lot when I was a kid. But um, I don't know. I mean, was there, there, was there really games that were hardcore, that were in-depth, that were RPG around when Mario was coming out? Well, they Final Fantasy, the, right? Do you not remember some of the, the early Mario RPGs? There was the Mario RPG. There was Paper Mario. They did have some. They did have some actual That's Mario cool. RPGs. Hmm. Um, and there, Paper Mario was uh, was actually one of the. Was, I enjoyed it. Um, you can actually, I think, download it on and um, in the virtual on uh, virtual console. And then a year or two. I see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna totally space this. Um, trying to think of the year it came out. So I'm going to Google it so I get it right. <clears throat> I, I was already Googling it, but the Wikipedia page on Paper Mario is extensive. Well, they, they came out with um, a follow-up um, for the uh, for the Wii. Um, oh, my gosh. Was it 2007? Three years ago? Well, four years ago now, right? Was uh, mm-hmm. Super, Super Paper Mario, which um, is actually very cool, which was like... Um, which was much like Paper Mario, but then they they brought it into the th- into the two D slash three D realm, where some things you had to do in the two D realm, and then you would flip, and then be in a three D realm, and have to do other things in order to continue in the two D realm, and vice versa. Um, I actually enjoyed the game. Um, yeah, it was it was actually pretty cool. Yeah, so um, so well, there have been some, you know. Yeah. Something past the same. RPG. I mean, past platformers. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, no. Well, I was gonna say in terms of identity, in terms of gender, in terms of like hardcore gamer. I mean, like, like this week we also talked about like Night Trap and these computer games, these PC games. 
where you were put into the first person perspective, which, you know, blurs those kinds of lines because then you don't see any kind of identity. You know what I mean? Like Night Trap, I guess, was this big controversial game. And you could be, it was whatever, they ref- the girls in the game, they needed you to savor uh, them, and, and, and you could be whether a guy or a girl. You know, it didn't matter. Um, I don't know. I mean, in terms of, like, hardcore gaming, I mean, like, Bejeweled Blitz doesn't ask you to be anything other than the person who organizes the jewels. You know what I mean? Like, totally. it's just kind of interesting to take a look at where, I mean, I asked my students to do this, too. It's like, where does the game situate you? You know, who are you in the game? Who are you in the narrative? And in terms of, like, a narrative with Jewel Blitz, you are the master jewel person. You know, like, I, I don't know. the jewel master. Yeah. I, it, it's sort jewel. of interesting, then, that those types of games get pegged as the, the girls, the games girls play, then. I think so, yeah. Like the protagonist-less games. Right. That, that, I think, what you say is interesting, because, you know, well, I mean, Cafe World... It was a big one. I don't know if you guys played that one, but I did for a while. And Please. I lost. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, mostly it was the soccer moms kind of, you know. And, and But I had ex-Marines asking me to, like, give them souffles. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, soccer moms. But um, Frontier, Frontierville Pet, um, Pet Society, the Facebook games and the Yahoo mm-hmm. games tend to get mm-hmm. a bad rap. Um, well, it's because it, they blew up people's stereotypes of what a gamer was. And I think a lot of people in the industry lost a lot of money that they could have been making because they said, well, we're only going to try and target this 20, 15, 20% of the market because those other people don't play games. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, yes, they do, right? And these yeah. just explosion. Uh, but they do it in a, in a kind of forum that's free. And is very communal. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if you're going to ask a soccer mom on a budget to pay $60 for a game, she won't. But if if she's going to play hearts for free online, she will. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that makes women smarter gamers. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever paid for anything on Facebook games? I will never do it. Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I will tell you, I, I spent my first $10 on Facebook games for Ravenwood Forest. <laughs> oh, see. But then oh, I got no. so mad at myself that I quit playing the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I never. I won't admit to it. How's that? Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. but, but there there are times that you are. and Okay, so yeah, I will admit to it. Um, All right. <laughs> but, but that is, again, that's me. I am. I am. Uh, I don't know what I don't know how to say this. A compulsive gamer, perhaps, um, <laughs> sure, sure. at times. Um, and and Alex knows this because she's she's played WoW with me. If I start something, I have to finish it. It's insane. To it's my, to my satisfaction, ever. I have to finish it to my satisfaction. What separates um, compulsion from addiction? I, that's I don't know. That's not a question I'm willing to answer. Yeah, me either. Uh, <laughs> but. Okay, <laughs> it's my because my I can stop, but I have to. Yeah. That's and I think it, an, an addiction one can't stop. Um, yeah. And the, but the difference is, is like for example, if if Alex and I are playing <laughs> WoW together, and she's picking up all these quests and giving me all these quests that she's picked up, uh, and I said uh, first time she did it to me, I said, you know, you really have to stop. And she said, why? I said because I can't finish all these before we go to bed. 
and she and she said, well, you know, she, she was kind of confused. I'm like, no, you don't understand. If I have quests, they have to be done before I can quit. I can't have. <laughs> so it's like a weird quests. idiosyncrasy. Yeah. It, and it was it's not like an addiction thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I weird. may or may not. Yeah. I might have used Samantha in class as an example. <laughs> well, of what? An example of what? It was the I same thing. I talked to someone who was a self-professed achievement whore. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I am too. That's what we're talking about. We got with addiction. We, we talked about addiction and what separates, you know. Well, I mean, I guess it's the Alex to you is like the casual social smoker or social gamer as opposed to the one that's like, I can't stop, you know? Yeah. The yeah. Well, well and you can, I think you can have idiosyncrasies like Sam's talking about, like where you can't go to bed until you finish the quest or something like that versus you can't go to bed because you're up all night playing. Right, and I keep picking up quests. I don't keep picking them up. I just have to finish the ones that I have. And I think that's the distinction, which was interesting because that was the thing I was telling Alex about playing Bejewel 3, is that, you know, I had these quests in front of me, and every time I finished a level, it was like, oh, you finished a level, and you opened up a new quest. And I was like, no, (laughs) don't give me a new one. (laughs) I need you to shut me down, say, okay, you finished two quests tonight, and you can't have another one for 24 hours. Yes. If you keep giving (laughs) them to me. That would be the perfect game. Right. If you keep giving them to me, I'm going to keep doing them. Um, Until, of course, it shut down on me and said, you're done. Pay for it or pay for it or move on. Um, so, so yeah, I think that that's for me the distinction between some kind of um, weird gamer OCD or yes, emotion, that's a good term for it, um, and an addiction because I won't continue to pick up quests because I recognize that I have to finish open quests. So I will only pick up as many quests as I think I can do in X amount of time um, because I know at that at that point I have to stop. Well, I think I think what we talked about a little bit in my class was kind of is your online identity an extension of who you are in, in your real world or, you know, is it still you? I mean, you know, it got all philosophical and stuff. But I mean, like, Samantha, it sounds like you have a point where you're like, no, my physical life takes priority. You're like, I have to eat and I have to go to the bathroom and I have to feed my child. You know, oh, well, you will notice from playing with Sam that she'll leave and all of a sudden her character <laughs> won't be moving because because her daughter will be up or something. Because obviously she hasn't prioritized. But like, I suppose the difference between a compulsion and addiction is that a person really has no separation between the physical and the online. And there is no, it's blurred. I mean, like, you know. Well, they remember that was that was the, the big thing. Um, Remember, it happened with EverQuest, and it happened recently again with another MMO. Does anybody remember which one it was? Was it DC Universe Online, or was it, um, or was it WoW, where parents neglected their children to the point of death? Facebook. Was it Facebook? Was it Facebook, Facebook, really? Facebook okay. the woman was playing uh, Frontierville of all, and the you baby know, drowned. The baby drowned. Yeah, yeah. She, she was face. I mean, I don't know if she's gaming. I, I, I don't know if she's gaming, but she she was Facebooking whatever that means to the media. And the child was 18 months or something. The child drowned while she was on Facebook. That's yeah. disgusting. This was recent. Um, this yeah. was, um, yeah. And that's not me. <laughs> because, you know, oh. I drop all things um, when, when, when my child, you know, needs me. Um, okay, so here it is. It was, it was uh, January 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, she was checking her Facebook status. Um, yeah. That to me 
it goes checking past, their status. Yeah. Well, that's, no. that's the way the, the newspaper wrote it up. Who the hell knows what? Clearly, they have never Facebooked before. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry, that's way inappropriate. Well, but, I mean, well, not really, Alex. I mean, you could you could extend Facebook out into the gaming app. You know, where people are. It's like a gaming with people's lives. You know, what I mean, like you're peeking in people. It's role playing in a certain extent. You know, I mean, are you really 100 percent who you are in your statuses? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm just taking it out into a different level. But I'm just saying, you could say all of Facebook is gaming if you really wanted to. Oh my to gosh. I was trying to find the story you're talking about. And I found this other one. It says, it says, uh, Farmville playing mom admits she killed yeah. infant who interrupted her Facebook game. Farmville is that exciting. Watch out. Well, I mean, and, and this, you know, this, this woman, she was arrested on the 11th, but the, but the child actually died like in September. Um, it was interesting. They yeah. took that long to arrest her for neglect, but you know, that is, that's different. That is, that, that is beyond some kind of weird gamer slash social networking OCD thing that is yeah, it's mental and, illness. You know, of course, exactly. And, and, you know, that's always the big question, right? Because that, that, and that, that new, that new study came out that says there are connections between video game addiction and depression, um, like mm. if your kid gets addicted to video games, they're going to become depressed. No, how about this? I mean, and, and and people, I think, need to pay attention to this, which is interesting. Is that you? If you have someone who is clinically depressed and they want to separate themselves from their real lives or from the real world or just zone out, they're going to zone mm -hmm. out on anything. It yeah. can be television, it can be books, it can be anything. It's not just going to be games. So are people addicted to television exactly. and addicted to books and or addicted to, uh, you know, Alcohol. doodling in their notebook? Right. You know, they can't. You, there's. I don't think it's fair to say that there's a specific connection. Between the addiction them. is like a manifestation of their depression exactly. and of their other issues, exactly. not the cause of it. Exactly. And and that's something that, that, you know, gets played up in the press. And, and then, of course, people are going, oh, my God, my kid can't get addicted to video games because then he'll be clinically depressed and nothing will ever come of him. No, your kid is if your kid's going to get addicted to video games or your kid's, kid's going to get depressed, he's going to get depressed. It has nothing to do with the video games. Well, one thing that we talked about was maybe the video game prevented it from happening sooner. You know, like. My post was, do video games keep us sane? And, and what what we sort of talked about in my class and, you know, what I've sort of kicked around in is that maybe the fact that they had gaming to turn to kept them in this world longer than if they hadn't, you know, because they could have a release. So, But nobody's ever going to say that because gaming has a certain stigma. Um, much because it's a new technology, anything new, you know, I mean, if you look back to rock and roll in like the 50s, it was like the devil's music and, oh, my God, Elvis is hits, you know, it's sexualized. It was, you know, not okay. And so, I mean, anything kind of new. And video games right now are bearing that brunt, yeah. Like, oh, they're the cause of all evil in this world. But, you know, maybe if you took the time to understand what's actually happening. Yeah. Right. So. Well, and I think, too, that you can't just say gaming all gaming's fine and all games right. or all games are violent. Cause there's like some games that I know aren't, aren't right. allowed to be bought here about like rape and things like that. And um, like making a game out of rape certainly is not going to perpetuate any positive emotional development for people. But, um, <clears throat> but maybe playing, maybe playing Oregon trail will create some, positive development 
you know, for kids or something like that. So, so it's definitely not like an all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't generalize. Right. Right. I think there's definitely something to be said for that. I mean, <clears throat> there are so many things that get reinterpreted and rearticulated to serve a purpose. Right. Oh, sure. <sighs> And, and, you know, I mean, and beyond, you know, video game addiction, um, you know, what horrible things are going to happen to you? I mean, it also goes it also goes the other way. Right. I mean, Alex and I have been talking about this because we've been talking about whether or not I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid and and, and pre-order a a Nintendo 3DS. That's right. Right. Because not because I have one, two. I only have four. I have four DSs. Um, <clears throat> well, one of them is P's, so that doesn't count. <laughs> Whatever you got to tell yourself. <laughs> Whatever I tell myself to make it through the night. Um, so, but, <clears throat> you know, I, so of course this one, this will, will be the one, because I, I didn't buy the XL simply because I, you know, I might, be, I might be getting old and going blind, but I didn't need anything that big. Uh-oh. kind of defeats the purpose of carrying it around in my pocket because mine is actually a pocket device for me. Um, mm. But when the when the announcement came out from Nintendo, they said, okay, well, you know, it's possible that, you know, there could be some real damage done to, well, we're not sure what the effects will be on children's, uh, children's uh, developing eyesight. So mm-hmm. if you have children who are six or under, they should not be playing the 3DS in 3D mode, right? Which I mm-hmm. thought was really interesting, mm-hmm. right? Um, and of course, P's under six, um, so that just takes her out of the takes her out of the out of the running altogether. But my thought was, okay, so what if she were six? What if she was six and a half? What if she was seven? Mm-hmm. Would I still let her play the, play it in 3D mm-hmm. mode? And the question is, it's like, okay, so clearly if Nintendo has come out and said this right before the game's release or the the system's release, there's an issue because who the hell wants to (laughs) kind of totally take a segment of their, of their, of their audience and say, no, don't touch that. Right. Right. So they, they know something. Um, and I'm like, well, you know, I wouldn't risk my kids' eyesight if, even if they were seven or eight or nine or ten, even because they are still developing their eyesight. Um, and then that made me start to question, what about all, the, what about all this other 3D technology that's coming out? Um, I'm not a huge fan of of 3D. Um, I, we went to uh, we went to one 3D film with P. Um, when she was, well, it was this summer, we went to Farrell's Farms. I don't, it's a, you know, the local dairy farm in Indiana that you can go and, yeah, you're in Indiana. You get to, you get to visit the farm. Oh. Um, and they have, <laughs> and they have 3D um, kind of, oh, what do you call it? Blah, blah, blah. I've been out of the, it's like I've been out of the big city so long I can't even think anymore. <laughs> what do you call the, the surround theaters? IMAX. IMAX. It's kind of 3D IMAX-y. It's not IMAX, but it's IMAX-y. 
Right, it is a farm. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. <laughs> it's 3D IMAXy, and it also like it has like it'll it'll blow wind on you and shake your chair, and you know it's kind of an immersive oh, experience. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, so she had just probably just turned two, um, and I, of course I wasn't gonna put 3D glasses on her because well she wasn't gonna keep them on. Um, so we went in and the first burst of air from the little pole in front of us hit her in the face and she screamed bloody murder. She was like, I am not staying in here. You can stay if you want, but I'm leaving. Um, so, so she didn't get to experience it anyway, but I don't know if anybody else has noticed that like all the quote unquote kids films or even kind of action adventure films that are not necessarily for kids, but maybe even for teens that are coming out now are in 3d. Yeah. There's a lot of 3D technology floating around out there. And if Nintendo is like the only one that can like, you know, step up to the plate, so to speak, and say, this may actually do some damage to developing eyesight. You know, what aren't these other companies telling us? That's a really mm-hmm. good question. And, you know, and this may be me as an overprotective parent. Because, you know, you know, I am a bit overprotective when it comes to my kid. But then at the same time, you know, what is overprotective when it comes to your kid? You know, mm. but then, of course, what was it like a week after, you know, a week after Nintendo comes out and says this and people start questioning the quote unquote unsolicited medical community comes out and says, oh, well, think about it this way. It may not damage your children's vision, but it may give you this goes back to that weird, that weird tangential connection again, like with addiction and depression. It may mm. give you some insight into problems that your kids might have with their vision later on. What? So it may be foretelling something that's going to go on with your kids rather than... That makes no sense at all. Do they think people are idiots? I'm like, so this is the unsolicited medical community that's coming out and saying this? I was like, yeah. So clearly, <clears throat> you can buy a quote-unquote medical expert to say whatever the hell you want to if you have huh. enough money and have sure. enough 3D technology on the market that you don't want to flop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there was, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm on my soapbox, right? We need to start a, a two-minute soapbox segment. So that's, <laughs> so that we all oh, that would time. be lovely. We should start it. The, there we go. Next episode is going to start a two-minute soapbox um, Done. So, segment. Um, um I'm gonna get a little bell. So and um, but I'm gonna say this, and then I'm gonna stop and let everybody else talk. I mean, (laughs) no, no, I want to talk now. I'm just gonna go ahead. Oh, my two minutes. (laughs) No, I mean, you know, if you think about it, like I said, with all this other 3D technology that's already on the market, you know, and and when you and it's all quieted down, right? But when the 3D TVs first came out, they said, well, you shouldn't watch it for it was something crazy. You shouldn't watch it for I can't remember exactly what the time period they said. We couldn't shouldn't watch it for longer than 60 minutes without taking a break. You shouldn't watch it when you're intoxicated. You shouldn't watch it if you have a heart condition. You shouldn't watch it if you're epileptic. There was all this list of things you shouldn't if, if you have any of these things, you shouldn't watch it. I'm like, so I can't watch TV. I can't watch a whole movie. I can't mm-hmm. watch it if I'm drunk. I can't watch it if I have a heart condition. I can't, you know, it's like so yep. why the hell would I buy this? Why would I give you all this money for this TV and then plop down an extra hundred bucks at least per set of glasses? Which is another thing that really irritates me is that I have to buy extra stuff to use it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, or it might like cause me to keel over and bleed from the eyes or something stupid. <laughs> yes. And that's my two so minutes so bucks early. <laughs> I, I have two things to say in response to those, but they're, they'll be very short. So this is not my soapbox segment. Um, one, 
uh, follow the money. Then they're trying to sell new TVs because uh, they want to make money. So I, I think it's very unsurprising that even if three, you know, maybe three D and two hour chunks at a movie theater is fine for your eyes, but it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't put the money into research about how it affects people's eyes when that's the TV they're watching every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that one, that, that doesn't surprise me. Two, I did some research on 3DS because I know you've been thinking about getting one and some of the stuff that I'd read said they weren't ready to come out with it yet. It wasn't finished. Obviously this eye problem is a huge issue because as we discussed earlier, you know, those types of like the 3DS and stuff are primarily aimed at kids. Um, so it's a huge issue if you can't give them to kids and they're, they're coming out with them now, even though they're not ready because Xbox slaughtered everybody over the Christmas season with the and they had with the, with the connect and they and all, I mean, I've been trying to get a used Xbox. I go at least me uh, three times a week and I have since Christmas and I can't find one um, in town. So they're, you know, everybody's buying Xboxes right now. And, um, and so net, uh, Nintendo's quarterly profits had been slowly declining, tanked in around Christmas, and so they had to come up with something quick. Yeah, um, and that's that's what I hear is the only reason they're coming out with it early, and why the price is so high. When Nintendo typically doesn't do that, I mean, they come out, you know, they come out with fully developed products for reasonable prices. But okay, that's um, that was my Uh-oh. response. No, and that goes back to what I said last last episode. I mean, if you marry 3D with Connect you pretty much have uh, virtual reality that we've seen in movies. I think there is that kind of race to give us that completely immersive experience. And it's whoever can give it that to us. You know, that's why, I mean, everything is 3D. My God, true grit. You know, things that you bring, it's like, seriously, it's 3D? You know, like you're just sitting there like, this is right. ridiculous. Everything is so 3D. And you, and you sit back and you think, Why? are we so with the 3D? I mean, I've seen one movie in 3D in like the last two years. That's the first time I ever saw one in 3D. That's probably my age. But uh, somebody's pushing something, you know? You know, I'm I'm wondering, either the 3DS is going to be like the, it's going to be like the end all and be all. And it's going to be the best thing in the entire world. Or (laughs) 10 years from now, it's going to be sitting over there on the shelf next to my virtual reality glasses. It is going to be the <laughs> no, next sure. virtual boy. Sure. Yep. Well, well, by then, 10 years from now. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, connect, like you said, you play it without even having an apparatus. You simply are the game, right? Yeah. As best they can approximate it. And you said, once they get into smell vision and anything else, which is coming next, I'm sure, you know. <laughs> Well, we are. We're playing curiosity. I mean, we are living then the future that we thought we would be, you know. Yeah. We are the future. Yeah. And, 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 and they're not going to stop until we are that. You know, like, it, it, I think technology will just keep, the inertia will just keep pushing us that way. You know, damned the kid's eyes. Who cares? You know, it's, it goes back to Jurassic Park. If we can, let's, you know, it doesn't matter if we should. And we see how well that worked out. Well, <laughs> yeah. Dinosaurs are going to. So, I mean, I just think that's what's happening with technology. I mean, they're not, it's whatever they want to do. I, I mean, it's partly because of what I've seen with the history of it, because, you know, we've been doing that in class. And, it, it, you know, all these games that were coming up that were geared more towards adults, but they were being sold to kids. I mean, sometimes the industry runs ahead of its market. 
And I think we see that happening again. You know, like they're a little bit ahead because they're excited and it's, they're designing games for themselves. They're not even, you know, market be damned. You know, we're just going to be designing what we think we want to play, let alone that they're playing the games are for like three-year-olds. You know what I mean? It's a disconnect between parenting and market and designers. And I think gaming has always had that, that kind of disconnect. Well, I think part of it too goes back to the Bolter and Grusin immediacy versus hypermediacy. You see games like, wow, that keep getting more complex and more complex with their interface and the buttons that you have on the interface on your different options that you can't ever forget you're playing a game because there's so many markers on your actual screen where you, where you go to the connect, which is, which is not unsettling, not as unsettling as the connect where you have that like sort of disembodied, disconnected um, feeling from being total, that total immediacy, the total immersion, because you are the controller, you are the game, which is unsettling. If you guys don't get some connect in your lives soon, we're going to have to have a connect party so that you can, uh, you can experience this and we can, and we can actually talk too. about it at great de- in great detail. Uh, one of our episodes. What I was thinking is they could re- the graduate student salary and then I'll get one right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Stop <laughs> on your taxes is research. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. that? I said write it off on your taxes as research. I don't think I itemize. I don't think I don't oh. think I make enough money. Oh well, this is a thought. I get like six thousand yeah. dollars a year and a can of beans <laughs> and a can of beans. Yeah. Nice. Of, I've been there. I understand. Understand. <laughs> well, that's fascinating. Sweet. So, so talk that to you with connectedness. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Alex Epic been, Mickey, did we talk? About- yeah, oh. we're gonna let's talk about um, Epic Mickey um, too. But I want to give a plug to to the guest spot Alex did on Armchair Arcade uh, Radio this right. week, um, and I actually. Uh, I actually listened to it um, as I was driving into campus this morning. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> like I said, you are smart and you are funny. So of course I had to listen uh, to see. You well, know. it was sort of awkward being funny when I'm talking like to myself, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> so give people oh, please a Please continue teaser. praising me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Armchair Arcade is obviously at, www.armchairarcade.com and they have an awesome podcast over there and um, their podcast this episode is called Adventures Arcades Female Avatars The Gamer Revolution and more and I did a short segment which I think will be a repeat segment on the segment will be female avatars or female video game protagonists from history and this week I talked about Seamus Aran and it was very fun. So you should definitely check that out if you guys are interested in that. Awesome. Yeah, it was like I said, I listened to it on my drive in this morning and it was smart and funny. Um, So I highly recommend it. Um, And well, let's kind of now we're just jumping. It's like totally non sequitur um, to jump. Uh, but to talk about Epic Mickey, which is also something else we've been doing this week, right? And we said we were going to hold off and talk to talk about it uh, because I played it and then I forced um, I forced Alex to play it. 
Well, I can't say force is a good word. Force is a good word. See, that gets you out of trouble for not doing other stuff you were supposed to be doing. Um, oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I played Epic Mickey, um, you know, and I, I've heard the review. I've heard mixed reviews. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. Um, and we've talked a bit before about, you know, what video games are doing in terms of, you know, in terms of kind of cross-pollinating uh, with genres and, and you know, even coming up with games that have no genre, like Heavy Rain, right? Mm. But this one is, is kind of um, part platformer, part adventure game, maybe? Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. Um, and it's been built, it's kind of been built as such, and, and, you know, and used as an explanation for why the camera style is a little wonky. So, um, I played it, um, and I played it, I played it for, I played it for several days. I had to play it in short bursts because I'm one of those people that if, um, the camera's too shaky, I can't play for a long period mm-hmm. of time because I get, uh, motion sickness. Um, and the camera, um, the camera in Epic Mickey was horrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it would just kind of move on its own. And you'd be looking at one thing and then all of a sudden you couldn't see anything because it had like shifted. Um, at one point I got like stuck. And I don't mean stuck as in, oh, I don't know what to do next. Or, oh, I can't get past <laughs> here. But I don't know what the hell I was stuck in because as soon as I got stuck, the camera also went wonky on me. It went to first person view. Yeah. Instead of instead of third person, so I couldn't see myself, um, and then I couldn't see what I was stuck in um, from that angle. But then even in first person view, I couldn't look up, I couldn't look down, I couldn't look side to side, so I couldn't see what I was stuck in, where I was stuck, couldn't move. So I just went like crazy button mashing, shaking the controller, trying to figure out what the hell was going on um, until for like two or three minutes, literally, until I got out of whatever the hell I was in. Of course, the camera was so wonky at that point that I couldn't even turn around and see what I had been in. Right. Um, Which was really, really irritating. Um, I had really high hopes for this game because, you know, I'm all about the mouse. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm all about kind of blended genres. So I was like, okay, half platformer, half, you know, half adventure game. And I am an adventure game whore. I am not going to hold you up. <laughs> uh, Arts was the end all and be all for me back in the day. Yeah, and anytime I right. come up with anything, come across anything that's even remotely like the old fashioned point and click adventure games, I am in heaven. Well, wait, <laughs> I got I to gotta interject because I, of the two, have, uh, three of us, I have not played Epic Mickey. But I sort of assumed that it was something along the lines of Kingdom Hearts. No, kind of, sort of, partly, but it's it's not it's not exactly like Kingdom Hearts. Okay, it, it it's a little more platformery than that as well. Okay, okay. I so I will say. So I will say about it that. I, I often consider myself as having no taste whatsoever because I love everything. I love all games, all movies, even ones that most people consider absolutely terrible. All food, all beer, right? Um, and this this game this game was painful to play. I thought I I I am like in I was in my best gaming zone. I was ready to just kick out. A, I had like four hours set aside. 
it was it was awful. It was unplayable for me because of what Sam was talking about with the camera uh-huh. angles. Um, I did not see. I haven't read any reviews on it, so I did not see the mm-hmm. platformer and uh, adventure game and like switch coming. So when all of a sudden I went to a platformer, like it just seemed really false. It totally took me out of the game. Not that I was really in it anyway. Um, it was just it was just irritating. That irritating is the best word for it that I could think of. I don't want to be unfair because I really, and I love cartoons. I love those types of games, but it was just totally irritating, I thought. Mm. You know, and I don't want to be accused of being like an Xbox fangirl in any way, shape, or form. But the contr- but the, the use of the Wiimote controller. It was terrible. Was horrible. It made mm. no sense. It was awkward. It was Even, very- like, kind of hurt my hands. And as everybody, well, I guess, Sarah, you don't know this yet, but I moved my Wii into my bedroom. So, <laughs> so I could lay in bed and play Wii. <laughs> which I so think I was defeats like, the purpose of the Wii altogether. But that's just me. <laughs> which I don't care about. No, yeah, okay. But, like, so I'm in, like, the ultimate, surrounded by pillows and everything, ultimate position <laughs> to be playing a comfortable game. And it was so <laughs> awkward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, and, the visuals well, I, freaked me out too. Yeah, I've never played a whole lot of Wii games per se, other than like Wii Sports or, or Wii Yoga. I mean, the ones that seem natural to that. Like, I, I often don't buy like Wii, Lo, you know, Legos or Wii because I, I don't know how they'll operate, and I know that the controller can be awkward. You know what did I mean? You do so, the Super Mario Brothers? Did you play that one? Uh, I did, but I didn't like it because oh, I, I, I love that one. Oh, I had to hold. Well, I've never been a Mario. I got to understand. I, I've never drank the Kool Aid on Mario. Like I, I'm not that person. I, I know a lot of people that love Mario, but I just never. Okay. I, I must have been too soon for it. I never got into Mario like people have. But I, I played a certain like space Mario on the Wii or something, and yeah, I had to turn. Yeah, I had to turn the controller kind of awkwardly, and I was yeah. just like. WTF? I mean, I'm like, I, this is not natural for me. I don't like it. You know, I mean, control. The galaxy was a little awkward as well. Yeah. yeah. the The control of the game depends a lot. We talked about Laura Croft too this week, and you know, if, unless you can feel organic to how it controls, a game will lose its audience. You know, it mm-hmm. just simply, you know, it has to feel natural. Well, see, one of the things that, and I guess this is be, is partially because of the genre as well, or the genre bl- building or blending, is that when I was playing the game, even when I was thinking about how the controller operated, because I've played a number of different games on the Wii, mm-hmm. you know, not just your, you're not just like Wii Fit kind of Wii sports yeah. games, but, you know, yeah. I played Resident Evil, I played Twilight Princess, oh. I played, you know, a bunch of different stuff. So I played a bunch of different stuff on the Wii. So, but the one thing that just kept sticking in my head was, you know, this would be so much better if I had a 360 controller. (laughs) Or if they did the Wii remote sideways and did it like they do for the old school games. For the the virtual console games, yeah. Yeah, for the virtual console games. That would have been fine with me. I I, I would have liked the whole thing to be platform. I actually enjoyed the platformer parts more than the regular part. I thought the regular part was just... Poor, poorly done. I like platform games, though, so I guess I'm biased. Which is which is strange for me because I was not. I've never been a huge platform gamer. I have never mm-hmm. been a huge platform gamer. What changed that for me was the Wii and the DS. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, and and I've you know I've got Game Boy, I've got Game Boy Color, I've got Game Boy Advance. None of those did it for me. It was the DS, and I think it was the touch screen um, that 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 
kind of piqued my interest in um, in platformers because right. it was more tactile and it wasn't just run, 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 jump, run, 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 jump. So it was actually, it was more like run, 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 tap, run, 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 tap, but <laughs> it's, which is kind of the same thing. But for some strange reason, you know, I was actually able to get into platformers with both the Wii and um, with the DS. And there are mm -hmm. lots of Mario games that I never played because like that, like the Mario 64, Super, uh, Super Mario Brothers 64, that I've actually been mm -hmm. contemplating um, buying for the DS because, well, they've been out for a while, but I've been contemplating buying for the DS just to go back and play them um, because I do enjoy them on the, on the DS now. So I think a lot of it, you know, has to do with the hardware as well. I don't know that I would have been, I'm like Alex, I don't know that, that Epic Mickey would have been any better for me um, if, if it had been on the 360. But just Did you the, ever play uh, The Lion King on, on Sega like 10 years ago? No. 15 no. years ago? Um, I kept, while I was playing Epic Mickey, I kept thinking about, that was one of my favorite games. I kept thinking about if they had used, because that's a platformer, but like they kind of messed with the genre a little bit, not like Epic Mickey does, but like instead of going from left to right, like most platformers, like sometimes they'll, you'll be like swimming up a stream and you'll be going like up the screen, you know, and they'll have like things coming at you. Ah. Um, and so they mess with it a little bit and ah, it's just so much more fun, so much more fun that way, but... I didn't really. I wasn't really going anywhere with that. I was just being nostalgic about Lion King. <laughs> it was such a good game. Do you have a Sega system, Sam? Which one? The original. Yes. Hmm. I see. I might need to come steal that. Ha! I might have to kill you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I, I'm I'm sort of mad at you for giving me Epic Mickey because I'm just angry now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's one of those. It's one of those. Oh, this is disgusting. Or is this milk? This milk is spoiled. Taste it. Kind of taste thing. it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Survive a snowstorm to taste it. I mean, you kind of, you know. I know we braved the weather too. I know. You guys risked your lives to play this game. Well, and then I almost got killed by the falling ice, but you know. Exactly. I can't believe that happened. That is wild. We risked our lives for this broadcast. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. We are hardcore in many ways. That's right. <laughs> hardcore. It doesn't stop us. All right. So we're, uh, I guess we're running... Out of time, ladies. So should we talk about uh, deals of the week? Deals of the week. Yeah. What do you call them? Deals for broke ass gamers. Deals for <laughs> broke ass gamers. So what you got, Alex? Well, I checked out the Steam games today, and they have a Sims bundle. So it's Sims Three, and then all of the expansions. That's fifty percent off, and it's ninety bucks, which I think is a great deal, and almost made me consider buying it even though I already own The Sims on a disc. But wow. that's a pretty good deal. Even 90 bucks just for all the expansions is a really good deal. So uh, wow. I thought that was pretty awesome. And then the weekend deal is King Arthur and it's 85% off so it's only $2.99. So you can bet that you'll be seeing me on on King Arthur this weekend. <laughs> wow. That sounds pretty fun. Well, that's pretty. Wow. Cool. So that's all I had, and it's two ninety nine. You know, it's, that's like a, that's like an iPhone game. How can you afford to not buy it at two ninety nine? 
I don't know. We'll Hardcore. see. That's right. Um, well, the, the thing that I found, because like I said, I am a point-and-click point adventure game whore. One of the best adventure games, one of the best, because I still say Grim Fandango is best, <laughs> is, uh, the, <laughs> is The Last Express, uh, which is very... Uh, it's got it's, it's it's a beautiful game. It's kind of Art Nouveau style. Um, it's kind of along the vein of Murder in the Orient Express. Um, it is. I actually own it on disc as well, but um, uh, but I'm but I've been contemplating um, buying it uh, on Steam. Um, and oh, it's not Steam. I'm sorry. Good old games. I like Steam. Good old games. Uh, dot com for five ninety nine. Ooh. So if you like point and click, click adventure games, or even if you're looking for something new, um, that is, it's got a beautiful, like I said, it's a beautiful game and it's got a great story. Uh, and it's a well done story. It's, solid, it's got solid writing. Um, it's got the narrative is super solid. And like I said, five ninety nine on good old games. You know, a lot of people are still pissed off at good old games for that, uh, for that trick they pulled over this summer. Um, saying that, you know, they had disappeared and then came back and said, psych, we're just coming out of beta. Um, and then coming back, um, which really pissed a lot of people off because they were like, I bought a bunch of games that I haven't downloaded yet. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're over that or if you, did, if you weren't affected by it, um, $5.99 for The Last Express is an awesome deal. Um, it's, of course, a PC game. Um, but my... Um, boo. Uh, boo. But my uh, my Mac is dual booted. Um, my is to for PC and uh, for Windows and OS X, so I can uh, pop over to the other side and play um, all the games that I've downloaded from good old games. That's basically what my Windows side of my machine is for. I call that the I call that the good old games um, slash Steam side. So that's only for games that I can't download on the, for the Mac. I play on mm -hmm. the other side. And it doesn't get sluggish. In case people aren't there, Mac gamers, it doesn't get. If you play the a lot of the old games, um, they're not, they don't run sluggishly on the on the on a dual boot system because they're old games and they don't they're not the processor hogs that some of the new games are. Hmm. That's my tech tip of the day too. I like that. I didn't know that. Great tech tips. Yeah, I I don't really have any big game of the week, but I I, I know that I have found. And my students and I revel in this is that a lot of gamers are very pleased to record themselves playing these games and putting them on YouTube. And so, if you are <laughs> contemplating purchasing a particular game, I mean, but anything you want to find, I mean, uh, we went as far back. I mean, we've gone as far back as all of them, quite frankly, to Space War and you know all the way back to the oldies in the '60s. But um, you know, Orion's Conspiracy, which is supposed to be the first video game that ever had a gay character. We, we, I mean, it doesn't matter. Whatever you think it is. They have got it on YouTube. No kidding. Someone has played it, and they've played it in like 10 parts. <laughs> and so what I would recommend is if anybody is contemplating the purchase of a game, go to YouTube first. See what you think. You know, see how the gameplay looks or see what the narrative is like. And then, because uh, certainly someone has played through it. And... <laughs> uh, you can kind of get a sense of it from there. I, it's, it surprises me. I think it's fabulous, but um, uh, at the same time, kind of, yeah, wow. How about stepping outside every now and then? But uh, um, 
kind of handy if you want to get a good sense of what a game is. YouTube is, is perfect for previewing games. Should have done that for Epic Mickey instead of actually playing it. Should have done that too, yeah. So, yeah, it's great. It's great. I mean, anything. You'd be surprised. They've got them all. I got them all. Awesome. Cool. Well, ladies, thanks for uh, another great episode, our second, uh, of Not Your Mama's Gamers. And thanks for those listening uh, for to joining us or for joining us um, and giving us an hour of your time or so um, to talk about games. And we look forward to seeing you at the next episode. Thanks, folks. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to join us for the next episode where we talk about games and Skinner Box Logic. Now enjoy What a Woman Knows by the band Austin and Elliot. Oh,